Baby, ya yo me enteré, se nota cuando me ve. Ahí donde no has llegado, sabes que yo te llevaré. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to I Don't Get It. This is the pop culture Get Off My Lawn cast. This is the open-minded, hopefully open-minded musings of two mid-40s, rotten, soul-desiccated curmudgeons valiantly staring down the prospect, is it still the prospect, the reality of our entertainment irrelevance. I am one of your co-hosts, one of two co-hosts. My name is Noah Tarno. I am the founder, senior quiz master of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show spectacular. And with me, as always, my co-host, live from Amsterdam, damn, damn, in the Netherlands, lands, lands. What is your name, sir? I am Bill Scurry. I'm the founder and proprietor of American Caesar Enterprises, which is the hit factory, which brought you such songs as the Beer Barrel Polka, the Kit Kat Polka, and the Village Tavern Polka, Noah. Do people still listen to Polka? Like, could you buy new Polka music if you wanted? Uh, you yes, must be If you design to, a time machine must. and go back to 1963, you probably okay. can. I bet you can. Anyway. And nothing ever dies. You know, this is what we forget as Americans. Like, and this is relevant to our topic. Oh, he's the biggest star in the world. I've changed the world with his pop music. Like, Western American pop music, for all of its reach, is just one of many kinds of music being made in the world. And there are millions of people. Although, you know, I think that might be changing. That's You know, you look at the last 20 years... Uh, when we talked about K-pop, right? Probably the dominant pop music in Asia... I mean, I really wonder what it was like in the 80s in Korea. Maybe they, they must have listened to Michael Jackson, right? But yeah, I assume that, they, that, they, that it was probably all this homegrown stuff. We didn't know their music. They didn't know ours. I mean, maybe I'm talking out of my ass. I don't know. No, but K-pop sounds like, um, you know, a lot of, and look, I mean, I have this vantage point of being in a, a quasi-anglophone uh, nation in Europe, you know, but our, the penetration of our music is just super, I mean, in some ways... It's easy for us to go anywhere because not only is the language out there, but our culture's out there too. You know, you could go to the center of Africa, and chances are someone's playing Michael Jackson somewhere, and that's kind of amazing. You know, it's not; it, it doesn't work in the inverse. You know, what I'm saying someone from yes. Ulaanbaatar no, can't go yes. to Pennsylvania and, and hear no, throat singing. It's, it's we not do not have Mo Mongolian music is not big in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. No, I mean I don't know. I remember reading that in the '90s, and they're saying rock stars get over yourself. You're not changing the world. Rock and roll is just one small type of music, but. I kind of wonder if the 25 years since I read that, if that's actually changed considerably. I don't know. You know, tweet at us. Let us know what you think of that theory. I, I, we I want to hear from to the be, Mongolians. We need to know. Right. I, we always want to hear from the Mongolians. I aspire to be <laughs> a great thinker of music history and music, you know, pop music theory as a young man. And I, I started down that road and kind of gave up. But we're going to get at some of those issues today with our topic today. Uh, which is the arguably currently hottest star in world pop music and maybe even more saliently American pop music. His name is, let me look up, make sure I get it right, Benito Daniel Bergoli. <laughs> similar, sounded similar, did, did, did remind me of that. Uh, Benito Antonio Martinez Ocasio. But when you refer to him on second usage, it's Martinez, which is his patronym. Ocasio is his matronym, you know, the way Latinos do. I am forced to ask if he's related to uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, although, I don't know, is Ocasio a very common name in Latino culture? I have no idea. Anyway, 
His real name is Benito Antonio Martinez Ocasio. He is going to be 27 years old, like next week. But he is better known to you as world music Latin trap reggaeton sensation Bad Bunny. Uh, not Bad Baby, who is Danielle Bergoglio. Uh, Bergoglio? Bergoli. Bergoglio is the Pope. Bergoglio is the Pope. Different. different. <laughs> the Pope yeah. is nice, Bergoglio. Nice work. Yes. Nice work. <laughs> yes. Who is also Latino? People forget that. That's true. Uh, yeah, first yeah. language is English. No, Bad Bunny. And uh, Bad Bunny, uh, I. it's amazing how big this guy is. He, he uh, was musical guest in SNL last week. He was on the cover of Rolling Stone last year. He was the first ever uh, totally Spanish language artist to have an album debut at number one on the Billboard charts. That was last uh, uh, fall, I believe his third album, El Ultimo Tour del Mundo. I guess that's the ultimate world tour. Uh, debuted at number one November. First all Spanish album to top the charts. Um Second album of that year, his first album of that year. I love this title. The album was called. I what is this? Yeah, it's, awesome. a good, it's a good title. It's really hard to say. I, I look up. Yes, Y H L Q M D L G, whatever that is in Spanish, and whatever that stands for is loosely translated to "I do what I want." Um, so he broke out like many modern musicians on SoundCloud, and he would make these electronic styles of rap mashing up. Various genres, uh, Latin trap, I think is the best delineation, but also throws in terms like bachata and reggaeton. Reggaeton, I, I know some about. It's sort of like this Spanish, African-derived, Caribbean mashup modern music. Uh, um, no, I know, I, I know horchata, but I don't think I know bachata. Yeah, you know, reg- yes, bachata is, I used to read about it in Time Out New York. Uh, reggaeton is, is it, I, there were always these reggaeton dance nights. In New York, you'd always read about reggaeton dance night. People dance to it. So he's a big star now, and it's amazing. I had never heard of this guy <laughs> until two weeks ago. This is this is the sign of the apocalypse. I never heard of this guy, and then I won't say friend of the show, but friend of mine, although we haven't talked in a while, Maura Johnston, noted music journalist, writer for the Boston Globe. I posted on Facebook. She wrote an article whose title was "Bad Bunny is the undisputed champ in a pop music marketplace gone global," which I think sums up the issue very well. He seems to be everywhere now. These great selling albums. He was on the cover of Rolling Stone last May, an article uh, that was written right as people went into lockdown. Basically, this uh, writer for Rolling Stone, by the way, first ever uh, Latino woman to write a cover story for for Rolling Stone. Um, and, uh, you know, basically visiting him or Zooming with him right as lockdown began. He's holed up in an Airbnb down in Puerto Rico. He's from Puerto Rico. He's Puerto Rican. Uh, with his girlfriend. She took the photos for the article. Um, and he was on the cover of the magazine with a little mask pulled down to his chin. And then he was on SNL last weekend in which he played a houseplant. Long story. He also performed songs, as musical guests do. And he is currently, since January, he is part of the programming of, the, of World Wrestling Entertainment, WWE. And he is the current reigning WWE 24-7 champion, which is a bizarre title where anyone can win the title at any time as long as a referee is around, and he, he fluked into winning the title, and now he's champion. Apparently, word is he's training for a match at WrestleMania, what is going to be this year, 36? What number 50, are we at? 57, whatever the Super Bowl no. is, that's what I'd say. No, it's the first WrestleMania I know was 1985, so 36, whatever. Anyway, so good on him. He's an old-time WWE fan. Ric Flair appears on one of his videos. 
um, looking like a complete dork. Um, and then he has a song called Booker T about the wrestler, and he performed that at the Royal Rumble in January, and Booker T was there, and he even interfered in the Rumble match, and so he's become part of WWE programming, which is quite the coup for WWE, which amazingly has managed to carry on during the pandemic, though I think, uh, watch some of their programming now, what they've done with the audience, they basically had the audience's video screens, and I think it's really clever and very smart, and I actually like it, because you get to see up close the dorks at home watching wrestling. And they're embracing how dorky their fans are, and I include myself in that, at least I did in previous decades. So, this guy's huge. I had never heard of him before. Had you heard of him before? Of course not. Not until a week ago, I hadn't. This shows you how out of touch we are. How is this possible? Again, it's I don't know if it's out of touch or if it's just the silo, Noah. Capital T, capital the S. The silo. silo. The silo. So, I spent a little time this past week uh, watching his stuff on WWE, watching his videos, listening to his music. I read Mora's article, I read the Rolling Stone article, I read a Vogue article, I read this, I read that. Uh, Bill, what do you think of Bad Bunny? You know, strictly speaking, the sound is not for me. Um, whether no! It's, yeah, well, I mean, you know, that's that's kind of besides the point. It, it's kind of never the point of this show, but that um, any sort of trap kind of bores me. And um, so the other thing, it's like, well, it, I, if I listen to a bunch of the trap stuff, I thought, okay, there's a sameness to this. The auto-tune trap sound could be anybody from the Dirty South or whatever. It's like, so what about the stuff that sounds more reggaeton or it has a sort of merengue beat? And that was a little more interesting. Again, I'm I'm not... Um, his stuff is totally in Spanish, so, um, you know... It's 100% not like- in Spanish, which is... You know, we look at guys like Shakira and Ricky Martin who broke out as part of the Latin pop boom 20 years ago. That's because they, they really did. Only, well, they yeah. started singing in English. And yes. even though they yes. would pepper everything with Spanish... But there's actually Mora writes in her article. It's telling that at the height of these people's fame, they would release all Spanish, you know, separate albums that were all in Spanish, and those albums sold much worse than their, you know, "Live in La Vida Loca" or you know, what was uh, was hips hips don't lie song? or whatever it was. I forget, hips don't yeah. lie, right? Yeah, you know, it's telling that Bad Bunny does not have that limitation. Yeah, so it's you know I I don't it wasn't a time in my life where I I don't think I could listen to too much music outside of my own language just because of the comprehension barrier. Uh, no, just because you're a racist, you're a racist. Admit it. A racist against other languages? I don't even know how that works, but um, <laughs> I think that works pretty well, man. Yeah. I think you know what I'm talking about. So um, you know his his uh, he he has both a pleasant voice and he flows well. Um, you know, it's like he, he is following an Eddie tradition. I don't think he's necessarily doing anything brand new that other guys haven't already done or haven't been doing, but he's the newest iteration. What is the guy, 20, 23, I think? He's 24 or something like that? Twi- he'll be 27 next week. 27, okay. He's For uh, a pop star, he's not a little kid. He'll be no, that's March true. 10th, he'll be 27. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. You know, like you say, that the way he came up is uh, not the... Um, it's not the customary route where a lot of these guys come up, and and it it, all, it almost does, like you say, it, it burnishes his uh, credentials as a world beater to come out of the middle of Puerto Rico. And he says so himself. It's like he did not come out of like San Juan or Ponce or one of those bigger cities. He came from like the freaking center of Puerto Rico. Uh, and and you know if you've gone through Puerto Rico, it, those are very humble. I would say blue collar, but even less than blue collar type places. Um, not not the. New- I, by the way, I love Puerto Rico. People in Puerto Rico are fucking awesome. Uh, Puerto Rico is beautiful, absolutely fantastic, yeah. wonderful place. Uh, and they and I just reading about him, I didn't realize how fucked up. Like I know about the hurricanes. How did this? I, I'll get to this. How did this not make news that their governor was completely corrupt and protests in the street 
oh, it forced did. him to oh, it resign. Made... It yeah, did, I... but how was that? I mean, Puerto Rico is part of the United States. How was that not a front page story everywhere in the United States well, two years ago? I am uh, ashamed as an American. It wasn't the I'm New ashamed York... of a lot of things. It was that, a front page story in the New York Times and Washington Post. But oh, no, I mean, wow. we were being overwhelmed by other things. I can understand yes. that there were more bigger fucking pressing issues and disasters happening. But yes, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, Anyway, so I, I, I like, I mean, the story is a great story. I mean, and, and I think all the coverage is, is well written. It seems to be this guy is uh, as he presents himself. Like you said, all the stuff he did for hurricane remediation, where he took yeah. he took it personally upon himself, as anybody would, you'd, you'd assume, if he had the resources yeah. to do so, to get water, he, to he get He was power. out there. He was, he was doing his thing. He was doing his thing. Good for yeah. him. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Not only that, but he did something that doesn't tend to happen uh, in his uh, scheme here is that he stood up for LGBTQ people when a fellow Puerto Rican rapper made some disparaging remarks. And it's like, yeah, I know you can say big surprise, Bill, you know, a dude who's in reggae, reggaeton, a, a very sort of masculine, heteromasculine, you know, anti homophobic type stuff. That is generally what happens. But it's like, I think, I don't know. Am I am I giving somebody credit for exercising the merest amounts of humanity? I I I I actually think he's gone a little beyond that. Yeah, yeah, uh, well, right. I mean, but that's it, like this. This is what it takes is because there's so much of the you know baddie boy type bullshit, you know, bomba clot type, uh, uh, whatever. The bar is so low. I'm, I'm saying that he he does more than that, and you know. But I'm saying these these are all good. These are all good um, um, attributes for him. You know, but I mean, again, the, the music I listened to, yeah, a bunch of his songs, and I, this isn't this isn't bad. I'm not going to say something bad, but <laughs> no, he's part of this generation of guys who are almost as good as the producers are, and he's got this one producer. I can't remember his name. I didn't write it in my notes, uh, but he produced a lot of that of that last album, and he's got this. Uh, he was a Max Martin protege, uh, the guy I, who who put together his last album. And, you know, it's very much of the moment. This is the sound of the moment, which is what's carried him to the success is that, I mean, has carried everybody to success. Anytime we've talked about a, an artist today, it has less to do with uh, whatever p- particular, you know, uniqueness that they bring to the game and more the fact that they're hitting the iron while it's hot and doing something fresh and that they're the, they're the mouthpiece of a certain type of production or a certain style that's in vogue at the moment. and But those change very quickly, and that's why, you know, the pop stars are almost completely shuffled off the coil. Well, I should say off the scene, not the coil, but they, they become lesser stars <laughs> just a few months or a few years later where they come back down to earth and whatever level they're supposed to be at, they wind up being at. You know, like that the Mark Ronson sound, for instance, I'm not saying it won't be gone forever but you know like when he did the uptown funk thing like which is a big hit two three years ago you know there hasn't been anything three years ago six seven years oh six seven okay right right but it's like you haven't heard anything approaching that sort of maximal style you know it really did go the other way there was a lot of trap and so it's like he he is riding the crest of a lot and you know i'm I'm not giving him enough credit for being the right guy for having the right flow for having the right voice and trap he does he's he's slick and handsome you know it never hurts um He's not reinventing any wheels, but I mean, I don't think you need to reinvent wheels to become a gigantic, massive pop monolith. And and again, no, I'll just mm-hmm. I'll say the silo again. The reason why I didn't hear about this guy, I used to be really angry about that about two years ago when we started the show. <laughs> but, but now I let it go because I realize you know there's no, there's no fucking way I'm going to hear about this guy just because of the yeah. silo. And he's you know he's inside the silo, we're outside the silo, or vice versa. And you know, there you go. Uh, yeah, you bring up some good points. First of all, I agree with you. He's not. Uh, yeah, not my thing at all. I listen to a bunch of songs. They're all, it's like, for me, it's like classical music. It's well done. It's talented. I, it stirs nothing in me that the music I love stirs in me. But 
you know, I think you've hit it. Something I've always said is key for pop music. I mean, there are the great pop music innovators, and I mean, from the Beatles on down, right? But then, one of the things I love about pop music is that, you know, sometimes it's it, it's actively not about reinventing the wheel. It's about making sure the wheel runs smoothly and effectively and efficiently. Yes, he's got the right producers. Yes, he struck while the iron was hot. But I, I actually think to the extent I can evaluate this type of music, he's very talented. You know, I, from what I can gather, he's got really good flow. Watching him in his videos to some extent, but like I really noticed this at the Royal Rumble when he was performing. He's he's got, you know, he's got that it factor. He is talented. He is smooth. He's got star power. Like he's not just phoning it in. Like he's got it. So yeah, he's not doing anything new as far as I can tell, but you know, if we're going to stick with the wheel metaphor, he is not reinventing the wheel, but he is he is building an exceptionally efficiently running effectively running wheel that is making I don't know he's making a great bus how about that that gets plenty of people to work on time let's say that um so that's you know I give him full credit of that this is very much like lots of things we talk on the show not my thing but very well done not going to change the world but perfectly welcome addition to the entertainment firmament now you got it the the he he was among many people in the streets protesting against this corrupt governor Rosello was his name Ricardo Rosello. I didn't even know about this. Guy was totally corrupt. Pretty wild, right? How sad. I don't, I don't, this is pathetic. It's pathetic about our culture. It's pathetic about our media. It's pathetic about me. He started the Good Buddy Foundation, giving away toys to poor kids. I think it's funny he calls it the Good Buddy Foundation. And um, yes, the LGBTQ thing. So I don't know if it's his newest video. One of his recent videos is called, what is it called? Yo Perio Sola, which means I twerk alone. And there's a song from the point of view of a girl in a club. All these guys want to dance with her. And she's saying, no, I want to be alone. Leave me the fuck alone. And in the video, he's dressed in various types of drag. He's wearing a leather outfit with stilettos and makeup. He's got incredibly realistic fake boobs and long hair. He's kind of puncturing. I like this because some of the first videos I watched him, like, oh, more of the shit, the money, the hose, all that cliche rap stuff. And I just, I'm so over. The it is, crap I was it is there. About. There's a lot of that. Right. Right, but this video punctured that because you have him as the twerking girl with her butt in the camera, but it's his face. And then, you know, camera trickery, he as himself is humping up against himself as the twerking girl, right? <laughs> yes. All right, he's got a sense of humor about it. Then, here's a quote from the Rolling Stone article. Uh, Bad Bunny knew it was time to take a more definitive stance regarding the queer community in February after Alexa Negron Luciano, a homeless transgender woman in Puerto Rico, was stalked and shot dead on the street. When he played The Tonight Show, Bad Bunny, our buddy uh, Jimmy Fallon, Bad Bunny took the stage wearing a pink oversized blazer, a black satin skirt, and a custom t-shirt commemorating Luciano. Quote, they killed Alexa, read the screen printed T, not a man in a skirt. And that takes balls, no yeah, pun intended, yeah, because he is not queer. He has said, I'm not queer. Um, you have indicated, you know, I don't think it's as big a problem as it used to be, but Latino culture is one of these subcultures that, you know, is very much traditionally, like, had this had these macho overtones, and, and uh, queer people have had trouble getting traction and being taken seriously, let alone not being abused. 
in aspects of that subculture and he's using his fame to say no this isn't cool like like i might not be one of them but but and he said this he's like look i'm a human being like this is important and you know even even within queer trans people i mean they deal with some of the worst abuse so good for him he's standing up and doing that he's trying to see things from a woman's point of view and that ain't easy so yeah i mean Again, I don't care. Some of this stuff annoys me. I don't like the twerking hose in the videos. I think Ric Flair looks like a complete dork in this video. It looks very desperate and sad. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of cliches from what I can gather, but uh, what do I care? Better this than so much. Better this than Takeshi69. <laughs> Noah, let's slide into popularity. Tell me, why, yeah. is, why is Bad Bunny popular at this moment? Well, there, you can say, well, he's good, he's talented, and you said striking while the iron's hot. And, you know, it is important that he's the first all-Spanish-language whatever. I mean, so much of the political upheaval in our country now is is people who used to, you know, have the run of the place, have all the power, have all the attention, have all the status, feeling their status slipping away because multiculturalism is gaining steam. And, you know, that shit snowballing and people taking Latinos more seriously, you know, never mind LGBTQ and women and all that. So, yeah, this is the backlash. This is why the backlash is happening because if you release an all-Spanish album, it isn't in the ghetto of selling a few copies and only playing towards the Puerto Rican neighborhood in New York City. I mean, they said in this article, it's telling that, yes, first uh, Spanish language album to debut at number one. But a month earlier, one of those K-pop bands had a had an all Korean album debut at number two. Right. So there's definitely more room for not all English. And unlike Ricky Martin 20 years ago, if you want to break through, you don't have to write a song in English. You know, or in Spanglish or whatever you want to or call it. Or in Ricky Martin's case, pretend to be in the closet and put on a whole pretense of... You well, know. but that's another issue. We're talking yeah. about the Latin thing here, right? It's yeah. another way that, you know, I mean, we talked about guys like Troy Savon earlier in this podcast. You know, guys who were like, yes, I'm not, like, boy, can you believe Boy George lied and told people he wasn't gay? Like, it would, he would be laughed out of the room if he did that now, but that was 35 years ago or whatever. So, yeah, you know, culture's changing and there's there's room for a guy like him. There's hunger for a guy like him. Yeah, uh, he's got a slot machine combination here. Um, I think I'm mostly I'm agreeing with you. You know, he comes up, uh, uh, he, he gets the charities on, on handsome appearance, a pleasant sound, mm-hmm. charisma. Also, you know, whether you could say that the intersection with the WWE thing is a consequence of that or... or um, you know, or maybe that's something that uh, uh, is is coincidental. You know, like I think it gives him more fans for sure. It increases his footstep or his footprint, I should say. And um, you know, it, it, everything here is set up to be exactly the type of gigantic, towering pop culture monolith that we're just not going to see from our vantage point. Um, so, in some ways, he's popular in the same way that a lot of these other guys we've talked about in the show have been popular. Um, you know, like, is there a viral lottery? I'm not even sure. In this case, I just think that people came to sound uh, naturally. You know, you're talking about how his numbers um, as a, you know, completely Spanish language uh, artist are, in this case, a record or at least the first guy to do a thing. I mean, that was always going to be uh, inevitable, I think. Um, like you say, the, 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 K, the Koreans 
have been knocking on this door for a while. I don't think anybody's looking to break any records. They're not, they're not looking to make a signpost out of that. I think kids just listen to what they listen to without yeah. incre- increasingly with no borders, without any strictures. They don't have the same holdouts I would right. have in, ter- in terms of listening to music that is in my native language. Right, me. exactly. But I feel like when we were kids, if we ran into Spanish language something, first of all, we would we would think it's gobbledygook. It, it might even intimidate us a little, right? Oh, def- yeah, I definitely. Think, even if you're a Latino, I'm speculating, but even if like your parents came from Puerto Rico or Colombia or whatever, if you're a Latino kid, but you know, you you speak English, your school is in English, all that, you might steer away from it because you want to fit in. And I imagine kids these days feel less of that pressure. Feel exactly. like there's no, no, A, non-Spanish kids don't feel like this is foreign gobbledygook. It's scary. And and Latino kids don't feel like it, it makes me it, it makes me different if I listen to this music. Yeah, I don't I need think, to be embarrassed that this is where I come from. Right? Yeah, what, white I think, kids. I speculate there's less of that. Yeah. Yeah, white kids are heterogeneous about the kind of um, yeah. culture they consume, and that there really is no reason to have the same barrier that we had. And I know that I think you're putting it really well because it, it is a barrier Thank entry. You. you know, I could say that. There was the like if you had an Emerson Lake and Palmer type band, let's say, except it was done in completely Spanish. So you had all the trappings. <laughs> I want to hear you, that. If you had all the trappings of everything I love, but it was a band from Madrid, which I'm yeah. I'm, I'm 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 being theoretical, but I'm sure that what I'm describing probably did exist. You know, like would uh, I have yeah? listened to it yeah. because it's pretty much tailor made for me, with the exception of the language. But then, uh, you know, with the real deal breaker was that that merengue beat, you know, like from a lot of his music. There's that. Spe- no, there's a specific beat. I remember hearing it every single bodega I ever went into in Queens. It, yeah. it, it, and this beat was in every single every. It was coming out of the speakers of every song and every bodega. Every time I went in, it's this this dunk dun 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 dun. Dun, dun, yeah. dun, that beat. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I know exactly what you're. You know exactly about. that. That was such a every e- bodega. Every I, can, bodega. I can see the cats. I can see the cans <laughs> of goya as I hear that. Totally right. And that sound is that is this sound that I became very familiar with living in Astoria, and yeah. and I'm like I can't stand it. I mean I don't know what it is. There's just something. And every, I, ta- I said because you're racist. Because I'm racist. So it's probably cor- that's yeah. probably correct. But there's yeah. just something you are. You are. You're, you have hate in your heart, and you're, you are recording this live from CPAC. Ladies and gentlemen, Bad Bunny. Let's say, and, and this is, we sometimes muddle this question, because sometimes it's like, oh, if this had existed when you were a kid, would you like it? Or if you were a kid now, would you like it? But let, let's say if you were a kid now, if you were, you know, if you were born in, in 2005 instead of, 1970s. I gotta keep moving up decades to make us yeah. kids now. Yeah, you a, do, really. I was about to say 1995. <laughs> 1995. <laughs> they're almost. They're 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 Bad Bunny's age. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so if you had born, been born in 2005 and were a kid now, what would you think of the music of El? God, how do you say bad in Spanish? Mala. I can't believe I don't even. El Coneo Mala. Mala. Yeah. Uh, Kone Malo, yeah, Kono, because like Coney Island means like Island of Bunnies. Well, island of Rabbits, yeah, I love that. That's island of Rabbits, yes. Yeah, so uh, El, El Conejo Co- Malo, yeah. El Conejo Malo, yep. okay. If you were a fan, ironic that his his stage name is not in Spanish, but all his music is. That is true. I, 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 that's like rain on your wedding day. So my question <laughs> is, if you were born in two thousand five and were now about to turn sixteen instead of one hundred and sixteen. Would you be a fan, or at least more of a fan, of Benito 
Martinez Ocasio. No, it's the sound, uh, the particular beat, like I said, that merengue beat and the trap and just about every type of music the guy makes is something that I'm not interested in. And, and, and you know, like you said, the intimidation of the Spanish language would have been a conceit uh, certainly bigger when I was younger. Um, I mean, I think I'm a little better at being able to, well, I mean, I live in a foreign country, of course. I, I certainly hope I have uh, homeostasis with other languages being right. spoken around me because it's... And reggae, reggaeton, here's a question for you. Could you find a reggaeton night at a club in Amsterdam? Um. Yes, I'm sure you can. You think so? That right. got well. Not right now, but yes. In 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 the in the, in the before right. times, yeah. Yes. That, that stuff is yes, definitely in the before times. Yes. Yeah, no, that's really? yeah. That that that's okay. a ex, no, that's a cultural right. export from Jamaica for damn sure, or not from Jamaica. It's from it was the DR, right? Isn't that Dominican? Yeah, I, I think, think it's Dominican. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's 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 one of the less African derived, more you know, Latino. Yeah, right, right, right. Countries, yeah. But I mean, no, the sound, the sound is the type of sound of pop music that, um, I mean, I there was one song I heard of from this guy, I can't remember what it was, and I texted it to you, and it has more of like an indie rock or, or a guitar-based yeah. beat, and it can't, you know, it's it, that could have been a song that was written by just a bunch of dudes with chin beards in like 2008, and instead he was singing in Spanish over it, and I'm like, oh, so, so obviously he's trying out everything he can possibly do, so that's why he is going back and forth between trap, and he's rapping, and he's going, he's crooning, and he's singing, and some of these songs sound yeah. like Drake's songs, and some of them sound a little yeah. different. And it's like, well, I'm sure that this guy's going to try out a, a bunch of shit because it's like, again, there are no boundaries to the type of music he can make. He's going to sing in Spanish, but it's like, who knows what the Spanish is going to float over, what type of sound, you know. Uh, but no, there, there, there's very little about this that I would have liked. I mean, again, Spanish language was buried when I was a kid. And I, even today, I, you know, I have some Italian pop that was written by like like disco pop and some of that um, some of those bands that did horror movie soundtracks in in the seventies, like Goblin. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some of their albums, and that's an Italian. But I mean, it it really like there's a big hump for that kind of thing. Um, like I need to have the gestalt of the feeling I'm watching the movie and hearing the, you know, and then to get over it, the Italian, not the fact that it's not in English. Uh, and of course, like you said, Noah, the absolute race, racist hate uh, bound into my heart. We probably shouldn't even joke about that. Although I will say you are <laughs> possibly the only person on earth who in an extended discussion about Bad Bunny name drops both Emerson, Lake and Palmer and Goblin. Yes, that is true. I will do that. And that's again, that's that's my profile. People would know. Yeah, that. well, but look, I mean, it makes sense when you know you because that's your your referent points with music. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, um, I say this about a lot of stuff and I said this about Clubhouse last week. It's true about a lot of stuff when we come to this question. If I, if it were, if I were a kid now, would I like it? And the answer is probably not because it's pretty foreign from my interests and my tastes, but simply the fact that I would have grown up in a different milieu where these things are less foreign and less unfamiliar and less discomforting. It's the, the, it's the X factor though, isn't it? Right. I know I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, You bring up a good point that like, and it'd be interesting, like someone who's more plugged into what's happening in pop music. Maybe they would disagree with us about him reinventing the wheel. Maybe they'd say, actually, he's pretty innovative with what he does. I heard the rock elements also in a song called Yo Visto. And I thought that was really interesting because that seemed almost like some kind of modern-y, rocky elements to it. And I liked the fact that hearing singing in Spanish with that, which is something I don't hear a lot. You know, it's funny. I'm reminded of – it's like, yeah, you think Spanish music. You think that that 
rhythm you hear at the bodega and reggaeton and all these genres, which in my mind, they kind of all sound the same to me or they blend together. I'm reminded of when I went to Puerto Rico 13 years ago or so, 12 years ago, and uh, with Ms. Katie Venino, and we were walking around one night, you know, it was like there was a street festival, people were outdoors, it was a Friday night, people having fun, it was great. And we wandered into some club where there was a band, there was a rock band playing and people dancing. And I remember just, it struck me as odd to hear a rock band singing in Spanish. Like, I'm like, it wasn't just like, I'm not used to this, but like, how am I not used to this? Like, how is like rock and roll in Spanish not, I live in fucking, at the time, New York City, right? And rock and roll is everywhere. Like, how is this not a thing I hear with some regularity? I felt like I'd never heard it before. And it just seemed so strange to me. So like, I hear that now and it's got this novelty factor to it. So maybe that element would have been my way in, you know? I don't think I'd be a bad bunny nut, but simply the fact that like, I do listen to him and appreciate what he does and see the talent. And there are these moments, it does stir a little something in me. Who knows? Maybe I would be downloading songs, putting his songs on mixtapes. I think my plant's trying to tell me something. What about Signs of the Apocalypse, Noah? Do you read the tea leaves and find them here somewhere in Bad Bunny's Uva? Uva? Uva. In in the uh in the the chemicals in the uh hand lotion of that bunny, his Uva. Yes, well the apocalypse here is the fact that I've never heard of this guy. That he's the biggest star on the planet. He was on SNL and in Rolling Stone, two things that used to be Okay, SNL, Rolling Stone, WWE. Three things that used to be like at the center of my cultural consumption. He's all over these fucking things in the past year, and I've never heard of this guy. That is not good. For <laughs> you're right. I, I, I don't know if I don't know if it's bad for the world, but it's certainly bad for my relevance and my sanity as a human being. The fact that I am si I'm not just siloed away from fucking reggaeton clubs. I'm siloed away from mainstream culture that used to be what I was all about. Right. Yeah. So who the hell am I? What am I doing? What am I watching? What am I reading? These days, I'm not even sure. <laughs> Right. I didn't know. Also, the news. I didn't know about freaking Puerto Rico and the governor resigning in, in in protest, like not in protest, in shame because people protest. So, like, what am I? Am, am I going to be one of these guys in my 80s, like sitting in my basement? Like all I could talk about is collecting coins. <laughs> Again, be I know nothing about what's happening now. I live in the past. That's a sign of the apocalypse because it's all about me. All right, I'm going to bring it back to Puerto Rico because I think all that, right. um, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, first of all, no, I don't think it's a sign of the apocalypse, but I think that the, uh, his status as a Puerto Ricano, if I might say that uh, with my poor Spanish Noah, the fact that he's an avatar from Puerto Rico is something in culture. Again, not that Puerto Rico hasn't exported a lot of culture. In fact, they have. They have sent tons and tons and tons and tons of culture and a lot of it has kind of fallen into that, um, uh, you know, in, inside the boxes of Latino culture. It doesn't really, it hasn't crossed over with the exception of a few phenomena, like, you know, your Menudos in the 80s, Ricky Martin again. Uh, you know, every now and then there's a couple of these Puerto Rican people uh, who wind up becoming pop stars, and they're, they're inside of a little bit of a box. And I think that his... You know he's a crossover. Um, you know that's that's a big it's a big deal. I mean, if I may say so again, as a blanquito, 
Uh, he's a legit pan-cultural phenomenon, you know. And and the reason why I'm, I'm saying this, that I'm maybe being a little compensatory here, is because, you know, we're living in a fucking age where a lot of people still think Puerto Rico is a country in the Caribbean. I think that after the hurricane hit and, you know, Trump was t- handing out uh, uh, paper towels. and Handing people, out, throwing them at people. Throwing them at people. That there was this idea that people honestly did not know the political relationship of Puerto Rico no. to the United States. And they would think of it like it's the Dominican Republic, like it's Haiti, it's some banana, it's like Grenada, you know, some island or somewhere. It's, it's our farm team. Yeah, it's our farm team. They just make baseball yeah. players along the way. And I've, uh, been, I've been all over the United States. I'd rather go to Puerto Rico than half the states. Exactly, exactly. And uh, I mean, th- that is a sign of both racism and a sort of anti, you know, yeah. Latino sentiment that's been built up. Well, and the lingering colonialism. And the fact that it is, yes. it is yes. living in this bizarre space. Why the fuck isn't Puerto Rico a state? There's no mm-hmm. good reason for that. I mean, th- th- it is self-determination. Puerto Ricans, they're, they're very hesitant to make their place a state because they, you know, some of them don't. There are good reasons to have it become a state. And there's there are a lot of good right. reasons for it to is not become true? a state. Is that true? I mean, yeah, no, if you yes, take it's totally true. Really? I, okay, I, I, don't know. I, think, I think clearly I don't know, but the, the, my impression was that if you took a referendum, statehood would win in a landslide. But am I am I completely wrong about that? My impression is that that's not. You know, the impression okay. is that some, right. some people don't they don't want to become a state because they think they will lose some essential Puerto Ricanness. And you know, people right. say, well, obviously, think of the things you would gain if you became a state. You know, electoral representation, direct representation, things yes. like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, the struggle goes on. Um, but yeah, the fact that like this guy has to stand in as a cultural avatar, bringing you know Spanish language and sort of demystifying the horror stories that the, um, the Republican Party has cast upon this you know this anti-Latino sentiment in the United States. Any bit that that pushes back at that stuff is great, and it's absolutely necessary. And I'm sorry that it has to be a pop star. That this guy can't just make his music, he also needs to be an avatar. But I mean, he seems like he's doing a good job at it. Bill, are you jealous of Bad Bunny in any way? This is a running theme of this show, and not because I need, you know, not because I do a thing that I want more people to come to, or I came up with something that's not as popular as his particular version of, um, you know, reggaeton trap. But, but I mean, this is a handsome, slick slender guy with a close cropped haircut and in his videos he is always dancing with 50 bikini clad hotties yeah on a beach they are they are sleazy but i have to admit that i find them appealing it yeah. works it's very appealing it's, yeah, it's a chemical it thing and who i don't yeah. know who his, his art director is who's putting him in these videos it's someone else you know they're, they're they're calling the shots they make the music but he he stars in the videos and you know he's got all these these hotties around him, man and it's like but but look aside from that if i just saw him you know you would say oh that is a good build and you know he's got he's got that look on his face like yeah i'm, I'm enjoying this right now i'm enjoying being wealthy beyond belief and being you know a, a yeah. viable sex object and being wanted and having the awareness of just just how attractive and desirable he is to all people and yeah i mean that is really compelling looking at that from the outside and wondering you know it's not going to last but while he's on top of the mountain for the moment who knows how long the mountain's going to go uh you know how how high it's going to reach etc etc but it's like that is really intriguing and it's a place i will never get so it does inspire jealousy now I I actually will give him more credit and say that I didn't read him that way. I read in the Rolling Stone article where he's stuck at home, you know, back when we thought stuck at home might only be a month or so. 
And then even reading, like, he, like, after a concert, he gets the fuck out of there because, like, he doesn't like crowds, apparently. Sure. Yeah, but it's, I mean, so, his sta- it's his station. I'm talking about his station, you know. You know? I, I understand he's, he's the man. He, he's living with his girlfriend who, A, is his age. So it's not like he's dating some 18-year-old. He's dating a 27-year-old woman his age. B, like, he didn't reveal publicly their relationship for, like, the first two years of it. I mean, he seems like, considering where he is, he seems like, you, you don't get it from looking at the sleazier videos, but he seems like a pretty humble, down-to-earth guy, all things considered. Uh, so that yet another reason I'm jealous of. I'm jealous of this guy on every fucking level. First of all, he seems to be mentally healthier than I am. Second of all, he has this hot girlfriend in lockdown, all right? A, you know, I couldn't get a girlfriend out of lockdown, but in lockdown, give me a fucking break. Uh, he is living several of my dreams. He got to be on SNL. He gets to be in the WWE. He gets to be on the cover of Rolling Stone. Again. Three of the cultural centerpieces of my life for many decades and three things I always wanted to be more of a part of. I worked at Rolling Stone, so that's as close as I got, but I certainly didn't have any power there or very little power there. Um, so very impressive that this guy is doing all these things I want to do. How could I not be jealous of this dude? Well, let's bring it in. Let's bring it home. Let's bring it in, my friend. Let's bring it in. So tell me about the Felonian, the Fallopian, sorry, the Fallopian scale. I have to, to change this in my yeah. notes. The Felonian scale. Yes. Where, where does he fall on the Fallopian scale? All right. Well, I mentioned Adam Levine. So he's like Adam Levine plus in that he's like similar, like not my thing. But that's what I thought at first. But then the more I listen to Bad Bunny, I think he's more talented than Adam Levine. I think his music's more interesting. So like, like Adam Levine times two and then i compare him to keshi 69 who again like my first impression of bad bunny was the sleaze factor but once you peel beneath the surface it's not as much Takeshi you just keep finding more sleaze i mean he doesn't seem like an evil human being but at best he seems like a dummy um so like i would say like double two times adam levine with a minus two-thirds of takeshi 69 so Crunch the numbers, do the algebra, and that's where you find Bad Bunny. That's a lot of it's um, a lot of math. No, I didn't know. I'd a lot be of math. We we stuff. we give our listeners homework, my friend. Yeah, we do. We make them really work for it. Yeah, uh, they have to work for their fandom. Now th- this isn't uh, this isn't. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, liken him, Noah. Follow me here. I'm gonna liken him to Scotty McCreary, and it's not in the size of the phenomenon, but for me, it's the Scotty role McCreary. that I think he occupies in in the way I look at pop culture. Where he's really at the forefront of his form. There's something, you know, very much invested in, in uh, you know, the orthodoxy, what the sound is like. It gets it right. Um, people are really, really into it. You know, he's being championed as like, oh, this, this is really, you know, th- this is good stuff. Like, this, this is what it's supposed to sound like. It's the sound of the moment. Uh, but it's about a musical idiom I have absolutely, I have some chemical antipathy against, you know, and... and uh, so it's like no matter how popular he is, there's just going to be sort of a fuck it thing that I'm going to have about both these guys. Where I, you know, I, Scotty McCreary again didn't didn't rub me the wrong way at all. I'm sure he's a fine guy, but I just didn't think much about him other than the fact that we investigated his, uh, you know, how how well he countryed, and we determined that he countryed well enough to be a very popular guy. And you know, I'm sure that I will recognize bad bunny in the future but i'm not gonna be inclined to gravitate towards his music any more than i did over the course of this research that is it for this episode what do the people need to know bill they need to know that you want to find past episodes look to spotify apple podcasts soundcloud google play and stitcher uh we too know our soundcloud rappers we just do our rap without a beat 
uh, and we, yeah, have no, we have not caught on, but yes, no, we're there. No beat, no music. No interest. Uh, we make it, yes, no, no, no interest, no talent, but it is rap nonetheless. <laughs> so tweet to it us. It is rap, and it's not even on SoundCloud. Well, no, actually it is. <laughs> it is. Uh, but it is rap nonetheless. It's not rap music, but we call it rap, and we, that's all that matters. We are we are uh, the very first Bandcamp podcasters. Uh, I'm sure that must be a thing. We're, we're the first MySpace podcast. Actually, that probably existed. That probably did exist, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah so okay. Tweet to we're us the at... Friends, Friendster podcasters. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill, don't get it at gmail.com. Go on Apple Podcasts. Give us that review that we desire, and we've earned, frankly, I will, I will admit. <laughs> we've I, earned am on twitter at william scurry i am on youtube youtube.com slash am caesar and now here's noah uh check me out at bigquizthing.com the big quiz thing the ultimate source for corporate and private trivia events virtually these days in person again hopefully soon and uh it's not official official but we are planning a big public event we rarely do public events but a big public event for late march uh march of course uh starts by the time you hear this probably uh, is Women's History Month, and we are planning a Women's History Month event public, uh, and we are very close to closing the deal with a very, very uh, worthy and thematically appropriate um, uh, sponsor. We'll be raising money for them, so uh, stay tuned for details on that. You can follow Big Quizzing on Facebook, Twitter, uh, to learn all about it. And uh, I am also on Twitter at Noah Tarno, blabbing about whatever. And uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. So, until the next very exciting topic, we, we don't, don't get, get it. it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2021.